0: know us really well, you may not know us at all, uh, we moved to Manchester in 1991 to become part of King's Church, we came to Manchester to be part of King's Church, Manchester, we were with you for 22 years, um, raised our children there, here, <laughs> and then um, six years ago or so, we moved, relocated to Vine Life Church in Manchester, where we are now part of that community, but um, we've sought to model something over that time, which is that we're all one body. Christ and today we help and support leaders and Jesus followers all across this city and all across this nation in fact across the world sounds sounds amazing doesn't it but yeah we have friends in other countries and two and a half years ago we reconfigured our lives to create more space we didn't have enough space to help people we wanted to help people more than we were able to do at that stage so that involved me giving up my job and us starting out on an amazing adventure And two and a half years later, that adventure continues as we continue to enjoy the favor of God, which allows us to help people. That's our goal, whoever you are. Today, we pray that we would say something that would help you. Many years ago, there was a road safety campaign, and there was a big poster, and it said, Speed Kills. It's a road safety campaign. Sarah is a one-woman soul safety campaign which is why she's going to do most of the talking because this idea of slowing down has been become a life message for her. And she spent her entire life trying to get me to slow down. And in fact, she's still working on me. I'm still a work in progress, everybody. Um, but it would have been completely wrong for me to have brought this message because I'm the recipient of it and Sarah is the one who's going to deliver it. And she's practiced this message very many times on me. So our prayer is that you would find something really life-changing and soul-saving in this message. And don't just think about yourself. Think about the people that you know and love, who you work with, your family, your friends, who today are burning themselves to a crisp because the spirit of this age is driving them to go faster and faster and faster and faster. And maybe this message isn't just about saving your own soul, but saving theirs. How amazing would that be? Amen.
1: Good morning. It's so amazing to be here. It's brilliant. I mean, as James said, you known James and me for a long time, but actually there's faith here that we've you known for a long time as well, and it's just brilliant to be able to um, to be here, and I feel so honoured and privileged to be asked to share in your journey and just bring my perspective and my experience, I suppose, um, of what it looks like um, to slow down. So today, my title, I guess, um, is called Slow Down in Order to Do Nothing. Slow down in order to learn how to to rest it's probably one of my favourite things to talk about and I know that um, it's probably saved our lives on a number of occasions Um, I'm not suggesting that we stop everything and become lazy but what I am saying is that we all need to take some time to slow down to breathe to pause and to learn to do nothing, and to learn to rest. And rest is a discipline, and it does take time to learn. We've been doing this for quite a long time, and we are still learning, because we were never meant to live life at 100 miles an hour, 24-7, switched on. And if we don't decide a day to rest, our bodies will do that for us which we found out the hard way. When Mark had his nervous breakdown in 2006, that's what happened. He wasn't listening to his body and his body decided to pull the plug. So with all our heart and all our passion, we want to help people to prevent things like that going on. And it is preventable if we can put some of these rhythms and healthy rhythms into our lives to prevent something like that. So there's a question I want to start with. Do you see rest as something important enough to incorporate into your life? So just have a little think about that. As I'm talking this morning, just have that. What does rest, What do you see it as important enough to incorporate it? When I um, finished my last job, which actually was at King's, Um, God spoke to me and said, your assignment with this particular work and this job is finished. And so I said to him, okay, so what's next? And he said to me, nothing. So my next assignment is nothing. I am a firm believer that in order to move on to something else, we need to put something something down first. And for me... Putting whatever I'd, I'd done, putting down, I was going to do nothing. People would say to me, "Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your time?" And I was like, "Nothing." Yeah, but what are you going to do? Nothing. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did because I was on a journey of not being fi- not being defined by what I did, but being defined by who I was. Um, we are human beings before we're human doings. And our identity comes from who we are, not what we do. Um, on our journey, I've got a few friends with me here, a couple of books and this thing here. Um, and Another one of my fellow travelers and friends is a guy called Richard Raw. And he says it like this, when you get your who am I question right, All of your what should I do questions tend to take care of themselves, which I think is brilliant. When Rian spoke a few weeks ago, she talked about the story of Mary and Martha, and I think James did as well, didn't you? Yeah. Um, In Luke 10, Martha was busying herself. Did anyone ask her to make sandwiches for Jesus? Did she ask what she was supposed to do? Do we ask what we're supposed to do? Are we doing things that he's not asked us to do? And you know, sometimes just because we can do something doesn't mean to say we should do something. Are we too busy to listen and to hear? Is rest at the bottom of a very long list that we never get to the bottom of? Okay, so why is rest so important? Well, we live in such a fast-paced society that values speed and efficiency. We are so busy doing so much and there is so much more to do. We multitask. We have technology to help us. We are more and more efficient. We are always connected. We have phones that will do everything for us and we expect everything instantly and we are expected to respond instantly. We have super-fast broadband, which is never fast enough. We have information overload and we are bombarded 24-7 with questions and expectations. We cram our diaries full and when we have a space, we fill it. We have so many options and choices and we are cre- which are creating so many more opportunities for us to do more. We are absolutely surrounded by constant noise and chatter. And it is exhausting. I heard somebody say the other day, the disease of being busy, and let's call it what it is, dis-ease. We are never at ease is spiritually, mentally, emotionally and physically destructive to our health and our well-being. It saps us from the ability to be fully present with God and those around us and keeps us from forming really, really important and life-giving connections with people and also community that we so desperately crave and so desperately need isolation and loneliness is huge at the minute and it's caused a lot of it by the fact that so many people are so busy and we don't have time to stop and see what's in front of us and who are in front of us. We begin to see life as a schedule to keep, a task list to tick off and get through rather than a journey to be enjoyed life has become a running paragraph with no punctuation The World Health Organisation now recognises burnout as an official condition and it describes it as not a single event but a process in which everyday stresses and anxieties gradually undermine one's mental and physical health Okay So, tell us something that we don't know. What I do know is that we were not created to live like this. And it's time that some of us made some changes. Jesus took time out to be on his own and to rest. And Jesus recognised that we needed to rest as well. In Matthew 18 verse 28 to 30 in the message which is probably one of my favourite passages um, I'm going to read it out so you don't have to turn to it if you don't want to are you tired worn out burnt out on religion come to me that doesn't sound like a suggestion to me it sounds a bit like a command <laughs> come to me get away with me And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, and work with me, and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. How amazing does that sound? When I listen to that, and when I read that line, I just think of myself lying, maybe on a boat, on some water, and just amazing. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That is amazing. Just amazing. You see, our souls need rest. And if our souls don't get rest, they become fatigued. Now I'm just going to take a little break to do a bit of an advert. So, this is another of my fellow travellers that I would highly recommend to all of you. Soulkeeping by John Ortberg. And in this book, he is quoted as saying, quoted a guy called Dallas Willard who is also an amazing guy on this kind of subject. And Dallas Willard says, our souls need rest. Soul fatigue happens when we live hurried, stressed lives. Here's another command coming up. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. That doesn't sound like a suggestion either, does it? Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. For hurry is the great enemy of our soul and spiritual life in our world today. Ruthlessly Eliminate. Okay, so what can we do? What is there for us to do? We can press pause. Press the button. Pause. Slow down, and allow ourselves time and space to breathe. Another lady who I've been reading, um, who's read a book, uh, written a book called Pause, says pause is the full stop that allows us to consider the next sentence in our lives. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. John Ortberg says in Soul Keeper, Doing nothing does wonders for the soul. We are generally quite good at doing something, but we are really bad at doing nothing. How do you feel about sitting for 15 minutes and doing nothing? I'm only kidding, I'm not going to not talk for 15 minutes. <laughs> That'd be really weird for the uh, podcast. It's such a countercultural thing to do in our society today. I'll put it on the floor so it didn't. And actually in the church as well, it is so easy for us to burn ourselves out on the altar of doing. We're not meant to be living sacrifice we are meant to be living sacrifices, not burnt offerings. Mark usually says that. If we're no good to anybody else, if we're no good to ourselves. We have to prioritize ourselves in order for us to help anybody else. If we have got nothing, we've got nothing to give, we are empty. We have to be able to look after ourselves in order to give out of our overflow. Otherwise, we run on empty and we end up burning out. And I know for a lot of us, this is a massive challenge. Don't you know how much I've got to do? Have you no idea? I've got children. I've got work. I've got relatives. I've got and, and, and. The thought of sitting down for some of us is enough to make us twitch. But we can't afford not to incorporate this into our lives. It's a necessary discipline for us to learn if we're going to love ourselves well and if we're going to live well. On our journey of helping others and helping ourselves, we've come to see rest as one of the most important healthy rhythms that we intentionally build into our lives in order for it to create and maintain a balance It's not something that we do when we reach burnout. If we can learn rest, then we will never reach burnout. So what is rest? It's not something that we usually incorporate into our lives. Sleep, we get up, we eat, we go to work, we come home, we sleep. So sleep is incorporated generally into our lives. I don't think rest is for many of us. So one of the definitions for rest, rest is the cessation of activity which allows us to recharge and regenerate ourselves. It creates places and spaces where we can pause and breathe and rest is essential for our overall well-being, functioning and quality of life. It helps us to bring perspective and recalibrate our lives around what really matters. And this is not just physical, but this is mental as well. It's no good for us to say, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to rest and sit down in a chair if our minds are doing gymnastics. One of the really helpful tools that I have found with mental relaxation is mindfulness. Mindfulness. And basically all mindfulness is, is a really helpful tool to bring your attention back in focus to where you are right now. Helps to bring your attention back to the present and focuses on our minds on what is going on right now. Rest gives us the time and space to ask ourselves, am I in touch enough with my heart and soul to know how I am. As we pause and breathe and rest our minds and hearts begin to hear and feel again. The quieter we become the more we can hear ourselves, God and the people around us. We live a much more present life with God, ourselves, and those around us. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they get their phone out or they're looking over your shoulder? Our lives are full of distractions. Being in rest allows us to notice what's around us. Have you ever taken a toddler for a walk? They're amazing at slowing us down. They will not be rushed. For a start they're down here so they tend to notice what's on the floor. So we jump in every puddle and that means every puddle. We pick up ladybirds and flowers and the sense of awe when they find a spider is just incredible. But it's brilliant because it stops us in our tracks and reminds us what is really important. It slows us down. You see, when we rest, our soul is being rejuvenated. It's being regenerated. It's being renewed and re-energized when we rest when it becomes part of our life we can then engage with life from a different place and in a different way have you ever said or heard anyone say that is good for the soul (sighs) can you remember where you were and what you were doing I know for me I am usually on a beach looking out at the sea And I usually spread my arms out wide, take a deep breath, close my eyes, and just savour the moment. Feel the space. It's just brilliant. So I'd like you to think, when was the last time you did that? Where were you? And what is good for your soul? so just bringing us back into close we are learning we are fellow travellers and are learning to intentionally and regularly press pause to breathe to create places and spaces to do nothing and to rest to assess how we are to readjust and to recalibrate where necessary. I love that word, recalibrate. It's basically when something drifts off course, there is a need periodically to bring it back to its reference point and come back on course. And rest for us is like that. It's a fresh reference point, a fresh perspective allowing recalibration for what's important do we get it right all the time absolutely not absolutely not we are fellow travellers on a journey called life it takes practice and it takes intentionality and it has definitely saved our lives on more than one occasion I heard this quote the other day from a guy called Nathan Morris who apparently is an actor he says edit your life frequently and ruthlessly there's that word again for it is your masterpiece after all so I just want to encourage us if you've never or very infrequently practiced this thing called rest give it a go if you're doing it brilliant and keep going. Let's create a place and a space to press pause, breathe deeply and do nothing and go on this journey of learning and rest. It will change your life.
0: We never, ever set out to be experts. We are, Sarah has repeatedly said, fellow travelers. And Jesus is the ultimate in fellow travelers. You know, in Matthew 11, the passage that Sarah read out, in the more traditional translations, that is the passage where Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Yeah. My yoke is easy and my burden is light and enter into that rest. And that yoke isn't... A responsibility. The picture there that Jesus is offering us is that He is yoked together with us. And when you are co-yoked with Jesus, the beautiful thing about that is you get to go at the same speed as him. And he gets to go at the same speed as you. So being yoked to Jesus is the ultimate countercultural thing to do, because you are no longer allowing the spirit of this age to determine how fast you go you're yoked to Jesus and you go as fast as him when he stops we stop it's a beautiful picture the unforced rhythm of grace is inextricably linked to our relationship with Jesus so to finish I just want to pray for us all I would love you to check out your speed. So borrow a toddler. Take take a toddler for a walk and ask yourself what effect it has on you. Because what that toddler will do is force you to go really slow. And if you can feel yourself getting like I do, like you think, oh oh, I need to slow right down. Don't take a shortcut. Take a long cut. Intentionally go from A to B, the long way round. And practice the art of going more slowly. Just a couple of ideas that Sarah's already mentioned. Let's pray. <clears throat> Jesus, we thank you that you are the ultimate fellow travelers. You travel with us, and you invited us to enter into rest. By being yoked to you. I pray for myself. I pray for all of us in this room. For everyone who will hear this message. maybe, That you would help us. To press pause. To take stock. Of our lives. To do a speed check. Holy Spirit together with you that we would figure out what it looks like to make changes where necessary so that we can embrace those unforced rhythms of grace that allow us to live sacrificially that prevent us from becoming a burnt offering. None of us want to crash and burn for you, Jesus. We want to live for your glory. And to do that really well, we recognize that we need to figure out what it is to embrace those unforced rhythms of grace. And Father, we ask you in Jesus' name to help every single one of us to do that. And if we spot it in other people, help us to be able to reach out and help them to live well in Jesus' name. Amen.